Welcome to the Peace Church Life Group Leaders Podcast. As a church, we've been called to help everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. And life groups play a crucial role in that mission. This podcast is a resource to help equip you as you seek to lead your life group well. I'm your host, Drew Hill, and I'm with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our life group ministry. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Peace Church Life Group Leaders Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about dealing with quiet group discussions. Now, this is important for a couple reasons. Um, first off, we need to talk about everybody's favorite part of life group, awkward silence. Um, we need to cover that on this podcast because let's be honest, that's a part of being in life groups, right? We're all going to have a quiet life group meeting sometimes, or we're going to ask a question and we're going to have to deal with that chirp, chirp, chirp of nobody answering. Also, there's likely going to be a person in your life group who is naturally more quiet not as vocal and so we need to learn how to handle the quiet moments as we lead our life groups and so let's jump right in with uh, by talking about dealing with quiet life group discussions i just want to point out i think it's really cool that silence sounds like chirp 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 that was really good i'm wondering if we could like have you come in and do that when i have an awkward silence just to make it funny Um, no so you're right though this is something that we all deal with it's something that we've all faced um, in our time with life groups and so we want to talk through this um, just three practical tips and they're pretty straightforward but in in some ways and other ways it's kind of something we peer into that we go behind the scenes and realize there's more to this than meets the eye so the first thing is you got a quiet life group discussion um, is that you need to make sure your style of leading isn't inhibiting group discussions now, I know when you hear that at the beginning, are you saying, you might be thinking, are you blaming me for the quiet group discussions? Like, that's kind of rude. Like, why would you do that? Not at all. Like, here's what we're saying necessarily. Like, we're not saying it's like everything you do as a leader. But there are some things you do as a leader that could potentially contribute to more quiet group discussions. So here's a, a few examples. Um, this can happen when, if you dominate the discussion time or, or not even just you, you allow somebody else in the group to dominate. We actually had a episode previously um, on dealing with difficult group members, and one of those things was the overly talkative member. And so whether it's you as the leader feeling the need to constantly talk or allowing somebody else to respond every time or even they respond to everybody else's response, that can be a, a way to kind of quiet the group. And you may think that's strange, like how can an overly talkative person make somebody quiet? But the reason is because if you're sitting here talking or you're allowing somebody else to dominate, honestly, I don't feel like I could share. I either feel like I'm not valued or I feel like it's just kind of being dictated by one person, and that's not helpful. Another way that how you lead could determine a, a, or, or could lead to a quiet group discussion is if you move too quickly in a discussion. So as you mentioned, Drew, everybody hates group discussion, or I'm sorry, group discussion, group silence, right? Like that's just awkward. But when you move through too quickly, you don't give the chance to respond. So I'm going to throw something at you. You did this Discipleship One conference we did back last year. What did you notice about the way that your facilitators there dealt with silence, or I guess maybe a better way is the pace of the questions? Maybe something that stood out to you there about how they handled their group discussion time that maybe you even took away. Yeah. uh, So one thing was they were not afraid of the silence. In fact, uh, they they were okay with it, and they they kind of viewed it as like, it's an opportunity for people to think and then take that jump and say, hey, I'm going to share. And so 
Uh, when you're leading the group, it's a little bit more difficult to do that <laughs> because you're like, oh man, you know, <laughs> who's gonna go first? But it's good for our people to be able to step out and almost lead in a way and say, hey, I'm gonna answer, um, and giving them time to think about that, especially for those people in your group who aren't gonna fight to have their voice heard. Some people just need time to get to the point where they can say what I'm saying now this is the time I'm going to say it. So Right, and some people are processors. Mm-hmm. Like the way they respond is they think for a minute, then they respond. And so if you're so quickly blowing through the discussion, you never give that chance. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you said, it's so important. The last way that you can see your style of leading might inhibit the group discussion is if you as the leader fail to be vulnerable in your own sharing. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that group discussions get quiet is if you're just going to stay surface level, you run out of stuff to talk about. I mean, you can have different passages, different topics, all of those things, but if you're never going below the surface, you run out of stuff to say. And if you as the leader aren't modeling vulnerability or setting the tone for transparency, you're staying surface and guarded yourself, don't expect your group discussions to be vibrant. I mean, I'm not trying to be harsh, but that's just the reality. Like, we're here to do real life, be authentic, you know, create authentic relationships within this context of life groups. And if you're not willing to put yourself on the table at all, don't expect your group discussions to go very far. And so I, I want to flip this again back to you, Drew, because I, I've seen you do this and I think you do it well. But you guys in your life group, you lead the college life group. Yeah. How have you seen the vulnerability or transparency increase the, the uh, level of sharing in the group time? Yeah, I, I think a really good example of this, specifically in our life group, is since we recently started doing storying. Uh, you know, the answer isn't to add more passages or more questions to go through. The answer is to be very real and vulnerable with your life, and that can spark discussion that can encourage growth in your group. Um, as as you know, as you guys know, uh, as life group leaders, we only have like one or two questions uh, during that storing session. And so we've re- we really see like, okay, if you're being open, honest, and you're sharing about real um, situations in your life, that sparks good discussion and not just having 15 questions to answer instead so right it's it is a totally different mindset and i think the more that you're able to put yourself on the table like storing even asked you to do yeah it'll allow for less silence and it's funny right because the reason sometimes we're silent is we're afraid of the or the reason we don't like silence is we're afraid of awkwardness and you would think being vulnerable is awkward and it is a little bit but it actually frees everybody up and that's what's cool about this. And so that, that's the first principle, and we walked through some details of that, but make sure your style of leading doesn't inhibit group discussion. The next two are really straightforward. And um, so the next one is quiet groups are oftentimes come from a lack of relationship. Hmm. And I, I say that sounds straightforward in the sense of when you hear it, it's like, oh, I never thought of it this way. But here's the simple point. You're not going to share much with somebody you don't really know. And relationships take time. And so if the only time you ever see the people in your life group is at life group, which is fine, right? We're busy. We've got other stuff going on. But you never actually see them in any social setting or other setting that's not serious and, you know, setting up to talk about the Bible. It's going to take a whole lot longer for them to open up. Whereas if you have relationships outside of group or see them at church or wherever, you make rhythms in your weekly schedules or monthly schedules to see one another, then that creates some opportunities for you to get to know another and you feel more comfortable sharing. So here's some suggestions on how to do this is make time for like social gatherings in your life group cycle. So for example, like once a month, shoot for a goal and say, hey, on a night outside of my life group, we're going to do something fun. 
we just had a life group, uh, or in my personal life group, we just started talking about what we're going to do next month. Um, we're going to be going to a trampoline park in Greenville, which apparently has a ninja course. And here's the funny thing is all of us have kids or younger kids, except one couple. And so we were talking about it as if we're really doing it for the kids. But deep down, like me and three other guys are super pumped about the trampoline park, <laughs> even though we'll probably come away super sore. But what's going to happen is we're going to hop in a van together. We're going to ride down, communicate. We're going to spend a few hours with no pressure. It's not about, you know, hey, let's talk about everything deep in your life and just get to know one another. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is when you do that, when you come back for those life group meetings, the relationships are there. The trust is there. You know the people better, and all of a sudden sharing is easier. And so don't minimize the fact that your group is more than just the meeting, as we've said several times on this podcast, because if you have those relationships, it can only imp- in, uh, benefit the group discussions. And so do a social night, hangout event. Um, have the quiet, and this is something for you as the leader specifically, have the people who are more quiet in your life group over for dinner, just them, to your house, or ha- go out to eat with them, or take them out to eat after church one day, or something like that, because a lot of times, sometimes the personality dynamics are somebody is more quiet in a group setting, but one-on-one or you know, couple to couple, they might be more talkative. And so if you can build a relationship with those more quiet people, they're more likely to share in the group. A, re- a really good example of this was we had a couple in our group a couple years ago, or three years ago now, that had just come to this church, just moved to the city. They were very quiet people at first. And so we happened to notice that early on. We took them out to Chili's one night. And I'll be honest, I mean, they were quiet. It was kind of awkward. Like We carried the conversation. But what's so wild is after that, they started opening up and sharing. And they actually became really good friends of me and Courtney before they moved away. And so I I just see that example played out in very real time. And, And the last thing is as well, if you are actively looking for discipleship opportunities, try to disciple some people in your life group. That will open up even deeper levels of discussion and conversation. So, Drew, I want to flip this because we've thrown out some practicality uh, or practical things related to how you build relationships. How have you seen relationships be the key to your group dynamics within your college life group? It's really, it's really, it is the key. Um, That's kind of what it's about, you know, having these relationships, especially outside of the group, so that when we come together, we know we're brothers, you know, we're friends. We're hanging out, and yet we're going to take it to a deeper level, deeper level and say, hey, we're brothers in Christ as well, too. And so uh, one thing that um, our guys got together to do, we just did a card night and just played games. And, man, we had so much fun. We stayed up way too late. Um, <laughs> but the weeks after, that's what we're talking about. That's what the camaraderie comes from, and, and that's how we can be more real and open with each other as we as we go to life group. So, And think about this if you're a member here at Peace Church. If you're in that second service, you look at the front, like left section in the sanctuary, you see all those college students, young adults, sitting together, worshiping together, doing life together. There is this camaraderie that has been built among our young adults, and honestly, we all need that. Hmm. And I'm not saying we leave our families and go sit with our friends, right? But I'm saying just that mentality of being with people, I feel like they have done that so well and that's only made the life group stronger. Um, by the way, if you, it sounded like somebody broke into this room. My uh, mic shield dropped because Drew punched it, and uh, he was. No, I'm kidding. He did. <laughs> it just fell, and so don't worry if we busted your eardrums. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Drew's fault. Uh, the last thing I want to say on this, and this is kind of a wrap up, is remember that sometimes some people are just more quiet natured. 
that does not mean that there's no depth there. That doesn't mean there's nothing there. Um, again, if you take steps to build relationships, you will see them come out of their shell over time. But again, we said this early, relationships take time. And so if they're just quiet, give them time. Don't push them. Don't call them out. Don't embarrass them. Just allow them to grow naturally into this. And you'll be amazed at what God can do through that. And so in summary, how do you deal with the quiet groups? Make sure the way you lead, the way you allow the group to run, isn't in, in, inhibiting your group t- discussion time. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> Let's repeat that again. Make sure that your style of leading isn't inhibiting your group discussion time. Whew, I got through that one. Um, number two is quiet groups often form because of a lack of relationship. And so be intentional. Spend time with one another outside of it. And then just lastly, remember, it takes time, and some people are more quiet, and just allow them the time to grow. And through these things, hopefully this will help you deal with quiet moments or discussions in your group meetings. Yeah. Um, life group leaders, let's not be afraid of the silence. Uh, let's allow it to challenge us to share and be open with one another. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We love you guys. Make sure to check out, check out our podcast anywhere you listen, Spotify, Apple Music, like and share. And until then, have a good day.